I uh, didn't have much interest in music at all until high school. My academic background is all in zoology. My father was a pathologist. I was out collecting insects with him on nature walks when I was four years old. I caught my first snake when I was eight years old. I've had snakes ever since. I have about 20 snakes in the office right now. I use the exact same observational skills and techniques for identification of instruments that a zoological or a botanical taxonomist would use. Somebody who does the classification and identification, but the basic methodology of how you examine things. These instruments have structure, just like an animal or a plant does, and they evolve over time. For example, I mentioned earlier that electric guitars and amplifiers didn't exist before talking movies. The basic electronic technology evolved from that which came before. And what came shortly before electric guitars was radio and talking movies. In order to do radio and talking movies, among other things, you, to do electronically, you needed microphones. And once you figured that out, it, it was a short step to figure out that, you know, what can we do to make guitars louder? When I first opened the shop, I was a vintage guitar dealer. And I was very openly critical of the quality of new instruments. And I think rightfully so at the time. They just were not very good. And the professional players, people like Clapton or Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, I sold a Dobro guitar to Dwayne Allman in 69. I didn't have a store yet. We didn't want new guitars. They didn't sound as good as the old ones. And you know, I've been dealing with Eric Clapton since 1970. And even now, he buys vintage guitars from me, but occasionally some new. A lot of new guitars now are better than what was made 50 years ago. But 50 years ago, these days, it's scary to think of. That was 1970, was the time when some of the worst quality instruments in American manufacturing were produced. So the guitars of the pre-World War II era, those acoustics are great. The electrics of the 1950s through early 1965 are fabulous. But the ones made after that really are not so good. These days, like a 1970 guitar is 50 years old, but it's not a golden era instrument. I don't call it vintage. I don't call it golden era. But the problem is when I opened up my store, a Fender Broadcaster was 20 years old. Today, 20 years old, that means 2000. Well, that's not a vintage instrument, but that was a vintage instrument in 1970. It was very different from what was available new. The differences were very dramatic. In 1965, Leo Fender sold his company to CBS and the quality went. Pfft. In 1966, I compared some new Fender guitars to 1963 and four guitars. And it was different as night and day. Fender got sold to CBS, and after that, it was not the same. And CBS sold Fender in 1985 to the people who were the predecessors of the current management. And quality started going back up. And uh, for Gibson, Ted McCarty, the company president, left, and quality started just going right downhill. And they made guitar-shaped objects that didn't sound right or feel right. And then in 1970, CMI, 
they sold it to Norlin in 1970 and Norlin they didn't know guitars from boat paddle and that's when the quality of the Gibson acoustics in particular just absolutely went to hell in a handbasket the quality was bad so golden era is those great ones but the interesting thing is the guitars made today by Martin Gibson Fender are way better than what they made 50 years ago or even 40 years ago. So age alone is not what makes a guitar good. It has to be good on day one. I can go as far as to say I was born August 21st of 1945 and I would rather play a brand new Synchro Mahogany Martin with an Adirondack spruce top that's naturally aged and the mahogany that was cut between 1880 and 1920. And it's not just the back and sides, it's neck, back, sides, neck block, end block, and interior linings are that mahogany. And the top is naturally aged Adirondack spruce, which is what Martin used pre-World War II, and they're good. And it's actually a better sounding guitar than what Martin was doing 1946 to me they're not as good sounding as a brand new sinker mahogany martin is right now and gibson's making better new guitars right now than either of those companies did in 1970. taylor wasn't around till 74 but the best tailors ever made are the ones being made right now because taylor when they started out frankly the older tailors are not as good as the new ones. And, and in a way, that just shows that Taylor actually cares about what they're doing. There's still, it's harder to get good wood than it used to be, but there's still good wood around. And human ingenuity is still there. And the ability to design, if you care about what you're doing, it's perfectly possible to make good instruments now. You don't need to get a vintage or a golden era instrument to go on stage and play. The other thing to keep in mind is very few people today actually hear the true sound of an instrument when their performer is playing it. Because you know, people come to me sometimes, and they say, I want a guitar that sounds like James Taylor's guitar. And I said, well, have you ever heard James Taylor's guitar? I said, what kind of stupid question is that? Of course I have. I have every recording he ever did. And anytime he plays a concert within 300 miles of where I live, I go and I see him. And I said, that's not the question. Have you ever, with your ears, picked up vibrations in the air that were created by the string activating the soundboard of his guitar? You didn't hear his guitar. Did you sit in a quiet room with just him playing a guitar with no microphone and you heard his guitar most of these people have never heard any of their favorite artists actually producing an acoustic sound that the sound waves of that instrument hit their ears i don't listen to much recorded music i hear a lot of music although not as much lately because you see I used to go backstage to the Opry three or four times a week and I greatly miss that because right now they don't have Opry shows because of the coronavirus so you talk about affecting my lifestyle instead of three to four nights a week backstage at the Opry I don't hear any live music other than whatever's played here I've heard Eric Clapton play live acoustically right in my building so I know what he sounds like 
I've heard him do shows anytime he's in Nashville. He invites me to his shows, but I've never heard one of his recordings. It used to be there were two times in a person's life cycle when they would buy guitars. Are you familiar with the concept of imprinting? Baby duck hatches, looks up, sees mama, follows mama around. By the end of the day, it knows it's a duck. And for the rest of its life, it knows right. it's a duck that's hardwired in. But musical stuff, people get hardwired on their musical preferences and a lot of what they are going to be for the rest of their life, not when they're listening to Sesame Street at age four or five, but when puberty kicks in, that's when you're hardwiring for musical preferences that are going to stay with you for the rest of your life is put in there. And it used to be that people would buy guitars from about puberty through age 25. And then they didn't buy guitars at all again until they retired, whereupon they went back to the music that was popular when they were of dating age, and they'd have another mini boom of that. But something new happened for my generation. Baby boomers are different from any human generation that preceded us. We are the first human generation ever that took for granted that we would live to grow old. You know, our life expectancy wouldn't be such that, like in 1900, nobody got as far as first grade without knowing personally siblings or playmates who had died. So what did the baby boomers have that caused them to have a different attitude toward mortality? The average lifespan has gone way up. And as a result, baby boomers are the first human generation that had a midlife crisis. The baby boomers hit about age when they started getting close to age 25, they were dropping out. They were getting the expensive wife, house, children, car, expensive wife, upward mobility in the job. They'd work their fingers to the bone till they retired in previous generations and then do when they retired, if they lived that long. But the baby boomers, they actually did drop out at about age 25. But baby boomers now, in a family situation, they're 40 they're well-established, they've been doing well, the kids are now old enough, they won't wake up and be bothered if you play at home when you get home, and you feel like you're gonna get some instruments. So right around 1980, late 84, early 85, all of a sudden, I was getting calls from 40-year-olds wanting instruments that were popular when they were of dating age starting out with things like the folk music boom instruments. The big folk music boom was 59 to about 63. Beatles, Rolling Stones type rock boom, 64 through about 68. And then folk rock, 69 to about 75. Then it went down. And the uh, guitar sales plummeted. Companies like Martin, Fender, Gibson were in deep trouble and the baby boomers had dropped out and Generation X would rather watch sports. They weren't interested in guitars or if they did, the music was disco and some funk and stuff that wasn't very guitar centric. Now at the NAMM shows, they have a whole section for disco equipment, DJ right. equipment. Right. There's so no instruments. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing, but the fact is there are still people who want guitars.